Welcome back, baseball fans, to another exciting edition of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. This is our postseason rundown episode. I am joined, as always, by Dom and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, nothing much. So this episode, we're going to do kind of the postseason matchups, you know, what we expect to see, what's gone on so far. It did start Friday. Uh, we're going to go over some highlights of the season, some of the major points of the season that happened, and then kind of get a, a, a rundown of what these guys thought the, their favorite part of the season was. Then we're going to go over a manager or a player that needs to hang up their cleats, somebody that's just, you know, been hanging on a little too long and needs to be done, needs to hang them up. We're going to go over the fantasy leagues of both Dom and Jeff. Uh, Jeff's going to talk a little bit about baseball card, what's going on that. And then we're going to end it, as always, with the one fact about baseball. First topic, talk about the baseball playoffs, Major League Baseball playoffs. They started yesterday, uh, Thursday. And it's the first time in two decades that the Seattle Mariners are joining the party. And it's the first time in a decade that the Phillies will join too. And it's the first time ever two division winners in each league get a bye into the division series and the others face off in the three game wildcard series to determine who advances so which team in out of the 12 teams that there are there's american league division winners which are the new york yankees cleveland guardians and the houston astros the wildcard teams are the toronto blue jays seattle mariners and tampa bay rays the National Division Series winners are the Atlanta Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, and Dodgers. And the wildcard teams are the New York, are New York Mets, San Diego Padres, and Philadelphia Phillies. The Cleveland Guardians hosted the Tampa Bay Rays, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Toronto Blue Jays are hosting the Seattle Mariners right now. The St. Louis Cardinals will host the Philadelphia Phillies, and the New York Mets will host the San Diego Padres. The wildcard series kind of new this year, and you know if you've not been paying attention. So, like I said, it gets the 12 teams, and um, will be dwindled down to eight before the division series begins. And now, instead of the wildcard being a one and done, it's now a best of three um, series hosted by the higher seeded players. So, any rule changes when we go into the playoffs? Um, the rule change that was implemented this year with the extra innings, with a placing a runner on second base does not apply in the postseason. Uh, we've already seen that so far this year in this postseason um, with the game that happened today. So some of the key uh, aspects to this uh, postseason run, um, the division series, obviously the the wildcard series has uh, started yesterday, like I said, but the division series starts Tuesday for the both National League and American League. The National League Championship Series will start October 18th, and the American League Championship Series will stop, start October 19th, with the World Series starting on October 28th. So we will definitely have some November baseball. So, Sir Udef, what are your takes so far, and then what is your take for the remainder of the postseason? What do you expect? Yeah, so far I really like uh, I like how the wild card's been playing out. Um, I definitely understand where some of the Cleveland fans are saying, you know, we're division winners and here we are having to play the wild card. But I kind of like the way it's shaking out so far. They were really impressive uh, earlier today and then their game yesterday. I mean, the, the pitching dominance. Uh, funny enough, me and you were talking about, you know, I had Tampa originally winning. And you said, don't under underestimate this Cleveland team. And I kind of re-looked at him, and I was like, you know, it's hard to bet against this pitching staff. 
And uh, when I did my ESPN bracket, I ended up changing it. I had the Guardians moving on, but a lot of fun so far. I cannot believe the Phillies yesterday. I mean, that St. Louis collapse just at the end of the game. I just, I was just shocked in disbelief. I mean, like it was a lot of fun. And then the Seattle games, I mean, it just shows you how important it was to go out and get Luis Castillo with all these contenders, you know, who was going to go get them and how it's paying off here in the postseason. So I really like Seattle so far. Their game right now is getting a little wild too. Uh, I think the Mets, no one really expected the Padres to be looking so dominant against Max Scherzer last night. I mean, I just, that's another wild one. I mean, it's, it's been a wild, wild card. Four home runs given up by him. That's just crazy. And then with that St. Louis, like they're, they were like something like 68 and zero when leading by two runs into the ninth inning. And that's the mm. first time they'd ever lost that. So that was just, what about you, Dom? What's your take so far? I love this new format. I always thought like the, the one game wild card was always kind of fluky because, you know, any any given day or you know the team can just an underdog can just beat a contender that's that's really better than them um so i, I like seeing a series because it kind of gives you a better idea of who the better teams really are because um, you know sure like a, a team like you know the pirates or so can beat the yankees once out of every 10 times they play and if that one time just happened to be in, in the you know playoffs then boom that was it um so you get a better idea of who the better teams are. I'm also really shocked by the Padres and Cardinals. I'm happy that the Guardians won, but I am really starting to question this Cardinals team. I picked them as kind of like a, a sleeper team that I thought could really make a move deep into the postseason. But seeing how they were – seeing how they collapsed with their ace on the mound, um, well, starting the game, but just late in the game, that's – I, I don't know. I, I'm just questioning their their team right now. Hopefully they can turn, kind of turn it around. Um, and then kind of wish I could say I'm shocked by the Mets, but it's also the Mets. So seeing them collapse doesn't really surprise me. Um, kind of surprised that Scherzer looked as bad as he did. Um, but the Mets in general, they always kind of find a way to, to mess things up. So I'm not too surprised by them. Disappointed, sure, but not surprised. What's your expectations moving forward? Going into the divisional round? Divisional rounds. Um, you know, my heart says Indians over Yankees, but my head is trying to tell me otherwise. Um, so I'm still going to take the Yankees over over the Guardians. Um, I still think that they're, they're the better team. Um, but I, I don't really see too many surprises going forward. I just wanted to hear you say that if it was actually come out of your mouth that you were going to concede that the Yankees are just going to steamroll over them or. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think the games will be a blowout. I, I think the guardians will keep it close, but I don't, I don't think they'll get swept, but I do think it will be the Yankees over the guardians. Unfortunately, My... I, I think the, the Yankees biggest weakness is their pitching. And, mm. you know, once, once you get past Garrett Cole, you know, the, their pitching staff, and especially their bullpen, especially now that Michael King is out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, there's definitely some opportunities. And for an offense like the Guardians, they don't hit a lot of home runs, but they make the pitchers work. And if your pitchers aren't really that strong anyways, 
if you have to go through a lot of pitchers, then that just plays into the Guardians' favor. But I, I think the Yankees' offense is, is too strong. What, what surprised me about today's game versus Tampa was uh, this, the, how cold everyone's bat was. I didn't think the pitching mm-hmm. was all that spectacular from either, either team. It just seemed like nobody could really – put the ball and put the bat on the ball and it just it, nothing was happening you know how many double plays do we have in that that game you know Ton. seven or eight well, like crazy the the guardians squandered a lot of great opportunities so they had bases loaded no outs in the six came away with nothing um there were a couple opportunities later in the game where they had runners on base and nothing came of it i think that's just them being a, you know the youngest team in baseball that kind of probably overachieved in the regular season but hopefully they can start making more of those opportunities that they're given because they're, they're hard to come by. You know, very rarely will you get base loaded with no outs in the playoffs, and you got to take advantage of it when you can. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on to our second topic. Go over kind of highlights from the year. I'm going to go over a few, and then we'll get this response. But we've just had a pretty spectacular – 2022 uh, season uh, I think with the Dodgers hitting 110 games I mean you know they're one of uh, they're one of six other teams to reach the 110 mark um, and then you know the last ones to do it was the 2001 Mariners and the 98 Yankees so it, it's it's been a while you had Miguel Cabrera hitting you know his his 3000th hit um, and that's just something that we won't we, – we've talked about this early on in, in the, our season that, that that's something that you're not going to see for a very, very long time. Um, Shohei Otani, I mean, what, what else can we say? This, this guy is just phenomenal. His ERA is just phenomenal. His on-base percentage is phenomenal. His home runs, just everything. This this kid was just phenomenal to watch. Um, and obviously, we had Aaron Judge making history with 62. Albert Pouls uh, making history with 700. So uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal season. So I'll start with you. What do you take on this um, highlights so far, or season's highlights, and what was your favorite? Picking a favorite is difficult. I do think this was one of the more memorable seasons in a while. Um, If I had to pick one of of the lists that you gave, probably Albert Pouls. Is seeing 700 home runs. I mean, I, I don't even know who the next closest is. Like, who's potentially coming over the next couple of years that could get close to 700? I don't really – I can't really think of anyone. Um, and Pujols, he's, he's a generational talent, obviously, going into the Hall of Fame as soon as he's eligible. Um, yeah, any anytime you see a player hit 700 home runs, I think that's got to be the most memorable memorable part of the season. Um, for me, going to be a little biased with my Guardians fandom, but um, Josh Naylor hit a walk-off home run, I want to say back in, in June or July, and he head-butted Terry Francona <laughs> after he crossed home plate. And it looked like Terry was kind of uh, prepared for it, but I, I think him head-butting Terry Francona might be the most memorable part of the season for me. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jeff? Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's got to be Seattle. I mean, it's been the longest postseason drought among the four professional major sports. And to finally see that drought come to an end, I mean, I love to see it. I love to see a new team try to fight and work their way in. I mean, 
some of my biases going in there as well because Castillo and Suarez and Winker. But I mean, between J Rod's insane season, I mean, he's the first rookie I think it was to ever hit 25 homers and have 25 stolen bases in a season, and he hasn't even been on the team all year. So I think it's kind of kind of cool to see that drought come to an end. It might be one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, to me, to, to me, it's the the Mel, Miguel Cabrera um, three thousand hits. That's just something that's just so hard to do and unattainable. And there's not a lot of people that have ever done it. Um, I think there's thirty three players, uh, you know, out of the thousands that have played Major League Baseball. Um, for for him to do that, and um, as we discussed, it's just it's it's something we're not going to see for a very long time. So that I remember and having that happen early on in the season to allow for us to kind of, uh, you know, relish in that a little bit and, and take that in. And I think with what's what happened with Shohei, what's happened with judge and, and uh, Albert, it, he was able to stand in his own spotlight for a little bit for it. And, and that's just something that I think is special that he wasn't necessarily overshadowed with what was going on with judge and Pujols. And I think that, he, he, those two monuments and monumental as that was, they didn't even really even overshadow them each other, uh, which was kind of crazy when you're having two things happen at the same time like that. You really think that you know one's kind of kind of go above the bet, you know, the other, and um, but they both kind of shined and had their moments to shine. So I thought it was pretty spectacular. Moving on to our final pick is the player and or manager. Uh, that needs to hang up their cleats and leave it on the field. Uh, start with you, Jeff. Who is a player that needs to hang up their cleats? All right, I got a hot take. Justin Verlander. I'm going to say... Go out on him. top. Go out on top, exactly. Blaze of glory. I mean, he's got to win the Cy Young, right? I mean, you look at his career. He was the 2006 AL Rookie of the Year. He's had eight All-Star nods. He's had two Cy Youngs. Hopefully, about to have another. He's the AL MVP in 2011. I mean, he's about to hit 40. You know, he's coming off of Tommy John. No one thought he was going to be. I mean, just what an absolute stud he's been this season so far. I mean, his ERA is insane. Uh, so, I mean, you got your postseason performance here. I like Houston to go deep in the postseason as well. So, I say go out on top. Okay. All right. What about you, Dom? Uh, I'm going to stick with a pitcher, but it's going to be Dallas Keuchel. I mean, I, he has fallen off a cliff. I mean, he was – he won the Cy Young, what, 2016, 2017? Um, and then you look at the stats this year, 2-9 and nine with a 9.20 ERA and a 2.06 whip. Like that – I've never seen uh, a guy go from uh, one of the better pitchers in baseball to like, just horrendous. I – I would just hang it up. He obviously is, is washed. He doesn't really have anything left in the tank. Just, I don't know, just call it a day, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to definitely stick with somebody who uh, who fell off a cliff as well. Uh, and that guy to me is Craig Kimbrell. Um, he was at one point one of the most dominant uh, closers in Major League Baseball. Um, I mean, he was unhittable during his time with the Braves and with the Red Sox. And like you said with Keiko, he's just he's kind of washed up. I mean – in August, he had the ERA is upwards of like almost five. Um, you know, it's just and with a team that has the lowest ERA in the majors, uh, um, 
287 with the Dodgers. Um, you know, they've got Evan Price and, or I'm sorry, Evan Phillips and David Price, uh, Alex Viesa and Caleb Ferguson. You know, Crick Kimball is like argu- arguably the worst pitcher out of the pen for them. Um, you know, you look at that where 10 years ago he was um, an astonishing, what is it, 1.01 ERA, 42 saves. Um, he'll definitely get into Cooperstown with everything, but um, his his season is he just he needs to hang it up. He's 34, um, and I think to me it's just it's just done. So that's the guy for me. Hang it up, please. All right, to round it out for this episode, we're gonna talk about one fact about baseball. And Jeff, I'm gonna start with you. What is your one fact about baseball? Yeah, so mine's about kind of since we've been looking back on this season is about this season. I thought this was interesting, but this season there were only 11 players that batted 300 and it's the fewest ever since the year of the pitcher, which was in 1968 where only six players batted 300 and that following off season, MLB lowered the pitcher's mound. They shrunk the strike zone. You know, they tried to do something to try and get a change. And, you know, now next season we're going to have the bigger bases. So, Maybe technically a shorter base path could lead to a higher batting average, but I just thought it's interesting to see just just how low the batting averages were this year and just how dominant most of the pitchers have been all year. Do you think it's dominant pitching or just players not really knowing how to hit anymore? Because to well, me, everyone seems to be obsessed with launch angle and trying to hit dingers. And if you strike out 200 times, but you hit 30 home runs, then you had a great season, but you struck out 200 times. That's fair. I think that's a big part of it, too. Yes. Just swinging for the fences and, yeah, not caring about strikeouts. You know, it used to be a part of the game where you'd hate to strike out. You'd be embarrassed to strike out. But like you said, now you're doing it almost 200 times a season. Yeah. Do you think the automatic strike zone implementation? is going to do anything uh if anything that's going to keep it lower probably (laughs) the batting averages anyway yeah all right what about you don what is your one fact about baseball um so i got a barry bond stat for you guys and this was a little hard to believe the first time i read it but we all remember his his 2004 season best seasons ever but bonds actually reached base more times than he took in at bat that year didn't know that was possible, but he had 373 bats. He walked 232 times, had 129 hits, was hit by pitch nine times, and reached base by air six times. If you add that all together, he it says here Bonds reached base 376 times, which is three more times than he actually had in a bat, like a, a registered at bat. That's crazy. Insane. All right, mine uh, is a little bit more on this season because we're uh, talking about it. And so uh, with the Orioles win last Sunday over the Yankees uh, to finish off their season, they secured a winning season. But it's the first time since 1899 a team has finished above 500 after losing 100-plus games the previous year. Proud of the O's. Yeah. I, I didn't. I just thought that that was kind of crazy. I thought that that would have happened at least once or twice, but since 1899, um, that that's happened, just kind of crazy. And to bring up our uh, topics about who the next closest is, uh, next up on the active list is Miguel Cabrera at 506. He's 39 and hitting 194 home runs seems unlikely. 
Uh, up next after him is Nelson Cruz at 459. Um, so just doesn't seem, you know, unless these guys are going to be the, the Tom Brady of baseball, it's not going to happen. Um, even Mike Trout's uh, kind of on a downward trajectory. He's only at 346. And Giancarlo Stanton is at 375. He's 32, so that's plausible. Um, but everybody else is in their mid to upper 30s. So it looks like Trout and Stanton are the only ones that could possibly, if the next 10 years they just belted out, could actually do it. So, What about Judge? Judge is, what, 29? Yeah, but he's not 29 even. 29 or 30? He's not, he hasn't even th- hit 300 yet, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, guys, that does it for this edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Make sure you download us wherever you get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon. Baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.